Today on this episode of the PV Roundup Special Spotlight. By the time you're five years old, you're almost universally infected with RSV at least once. Um, and then you develop immunity that is partial immunity, which means that you're not protected against getting reinfected the rest of your life. You have some protection, but you can and do get reinfected multiple times throughout your life. And because of that, it's something that will cause illnesses in adult populations. Today, Drs. Laura Hurley and Angela Branch joined the podcast to discuss the history, epidemiology, and burden of RSV in adults in this first of a two-part PV Roundup Specialist Spotlight. All opinions expressed are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the views of this educational initiative's supporters. Hello, I'm Laura Hurley. I'm an associate professor in the Department of Medicine at the University of Colorado. And I'm also a practicing general internist and health services researcher at Denver Health in Denver. Hi, and I'm Angela Branch, an associate professor of medicine and an infectious disease physician at the University of Rochester Medical Center. I'm also the co-principal investigator of the University of Rochester's Vaccine and Treatment Evaluation Unit. Welcome, Angela. It's really great to have you here today. Thanks. It's great to be here, Laura. Today, I'd like to talk about RSV in adults. Um, I think this is, RSV is something well-known to cause a lot of burden of disease in children, but less well-known in adults. And I'm happy to have you here to talk about your expertise in the area. Can, can you give us a little bit of background about the virus itself? Absolutely. My favorite topic. So RSV um, is a respiratory virus. It's a um, negative-sense single-stranded envelope RNA virus that was actually first detected in 1956 in chimpanzees. Um, and then a year later in children, it was initially thought to be um, a childhood uh, infection that infected really young children between the ages of usually um, birth to about two years. And it wasn't really until the late 80s and 90s that we really started to understand it as a, a pathogen that could also cause disease in adults. Um, initially, it was described as something that caused outbreaks in nursing home and daycare settings. Um, but as we did more research related to RSV and understood that by the time you're five years old, you're almost universally infected with RSV at least once. Um, and then you develop immunity that is partial immunity which means that you're not protected against getting reinfected the rest of your life. You have some protection, but you can and do get reinfected multiple times throughout your life. And because of that, it's something that will cause illnesses in adult populations. So as we started to look a little bit more in the 90s and early 2000s at, at what kind of disease RSV was causing in uh, ages that span the whole lifespan, um, that's when we really started to understand that this was a virus that was causing a significant burden of disease, uh, particularly in older adult populations who, for many reasons, um, tend to be more at risk for more severe illnesses with respiratory viruses like RSV. Can you tell us a little bit more about who is, is affected by RSV infections and, and how it manifests? Sure. Um, so as I said, you can become reinfected with RSV multiple times throughout lives. Um, children are the natural vectors. So uh, those little kids get infected really young and they'll have their first RSV illness usually between the ages of zero and two. Um, because they live in households with parents, they usually infect their parents. 
Um, and then they'll also be able to infect their grandparents. And so uh, adults get infected um, depending on their contact, particularly with these young kids who uh, have infections frequently with RSV um, multiple times throughout their lives, probably two to three times when you're in your early adulthood and middle ages. And then when you become older, um, you know, older adults, typically over the age of 60 or 65, um, then they will continue to get infections and, and have sort of more severe symptomatic illnesses that may require uh, their being seen in the emergency room or by their primary care physicians or, or even being hospitalized. After you have an infection with RSV, do you have a sense of how long you're protected from another infection with RSV since you've been talking about it? Happen, having multiple infections during a lifetime? Yeah, um, so we actually did a challenge study here at the University of Rochester about 30 years ago now, where we looked at this, where we um, had healthy adults that we isolated and we um, inoculated them with RSV. And then we sort of watched to see what happens, what kind of antibodies to look, they develop, how long those antibodies last, and when they can become reinfected. And we found that you can become reinfected as soon as two months after your last infection. Um, and by seven months, if you re-challenge these same individuals with another sort of exposure to RSV, most of them will become reinfected. And so reinfection is, is possible within, you know, six months of, of having had your last infection. Now, because you had a recent infection, um, when you have that subsequent infection, maybe within six months or a year or a couple of years, it might be subclinical. It might be mildly symptomatic. Um, and so you may not even know you have another RSV infection. But yes, because that, of that partial immunity, um, it is possible to become reinfected even within a year of your last infection. And I, I was wondering if you could speak to, you were saying that in New York and Rochester, you all have been assessing the burden of disease. Could you speak to what we've been doing in the U.S. nationally, trying to track the, the burden of RSV? Right. So, yeah, uh, so around the beginning of the early 2000s, um, a lot of studies here in the U.S. and then worldwide started to really, um, you know, sort of define the burden of RSV disease, and, and particularly in older adult populations. Um, because we developed this awareness that um, older adults are particularly at risk of, of having severe RSV infections and then becoming hospitalized with them. Um, I think nationally, the CDC started to um, develop networks that would track sort of the burden of disease, who was being infected, hospitalization rates, mortality rates, um, those sorts of things. And I think uh, in the advent of the development of preventive strategies like vaccines, um, which we, which have been um, in development for the last decade or so, um, this is becoming increasingly more important to understand disease burden. And so I think on a national level, the CDC is certainly doing a lot of work there. Um, we've done a lot of work here in Rochester and, and other um, institutions across the United States and really across the world have been really um, intensively looking at this over the last 20 years or so. So... What what is the the burden of disease in the U.S. now um, from your your standpoint? I mean, how often are people getting hospitalized or having severe disease related to RSV illness? 
Well, I like to think about this in context of something we're already pretty familiar with. Um, so I think one of the problems with RSV is that it has a bit of an identity crisis, I, th- I think still with internists and primary care physicians. Um, because we don't or haven't in the past routinely tested for RSV, um, every patient that presents to your office or to the ED or to the hospital um, with an acute respiratory illness, they don't all get tested for RSV. I think the burden of the true burden of disease is likely very underestimated. But if you put it in context of something for which we do routinely test, particularly in winter months, which is flu, um, then you can probably understand how RSV affects certain populations. And so um, in regular younger adult populations, um, I would say the burden of RSV um, that results in sort of a medically related illness is probably lower because younger adults um, will most likely have an upper respiratory tract infection or an upper respiratory tract illness when they become infected with RSV. So oftentimes they think it's just the cold and they're not necessarily seeing someone who can test them to see if they have RSV. And that's okay. Um, but if you talk about populations that are really at risk, meaning adults with underlying medical conditions and particularly older adults, then the burden of RSV disease that results in medical resource utilization and hospitalization is pretty similar to flu. Um, and so where you might have 170 or 180,000 um, hospitalizations in adults over the age of 65 who um, have an influenza infection, you'll have about 160 to 170,000 RSV-associated hospitalizations. So very, very similar hospitalization rates um, from burden of disease with RSV compared to flu. Um, mortality um, is a little bit lower, um, but we do see roughly about 14 to 17,000 deaths of our, related to RSV um, illnesses and older adults every year in the United States, which is not insignificant. Um, and in terms of just um, medically associated illnesses, it's about a million illnesses in the United States alone every year related to RSV infection in older adults. So pretty similar to flu, particularly when you're talking about older adults. Please join us for part two of a discussion about RSV disease in adults. And that's the first part of this two-part specialist spotlight. Please be sure to join us for part two. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing Medical News Roundup and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Drs. Laura Hurley and Angela Branch and Nishan Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we'll cover the latest stories in the world of medicine.